0: Hello, beautiful. Welcome to Stress Less with me, Jess, season three, where I focus on business owners, entrepreneurs, and managers, and including their employees. If none of these apply to you, please stay tuned, because if you're looking for that realistic, real-life podcast where it just helps you when you're stressed out and just looking for something to help you when you're stressed, this one is for you as well. And welcome to Stress Less with me, Jess. Today, I have on a fabulous guest, per usual. Bowl, and I have Kimberly on, and she is a licensed financial educator. So, as soon as you hear finance, we already have the triggers of stress, stress, stress. But she's gonna break this down for us in a lot of ways. And she's also gonna talk about her mission, how she's out there happen, helping us. So, Kimberly, I would love for you to say hi. Good
1: morning. Hello.
0: And before we get started, you know I have to do her introduction, and I just love hers. Hers literally made me laugh. It makes my day. So who is Kimberly? She is a badass bee. Kimberly is passionate about serving others, has spent an entire career doing so. She often states she gets to change lives. And I love this because we're going to get into it. Kimberly actually started her career, and where I'm at, Masters of Public Health, and granted, finance is all about helping, but it's a different kind of career. So. I would love to jump off by you saying hi and you telling us how you went from a master's
1: in public health to working in finance. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Jessica, for having me. Happy to be here. Um, As we know, the data, regardless of what data point you look at, maternal health, comorbidities, end of life, the health and wealth is so interconnected. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I am numbers driven, right? Obviously finance, but I geek out over numbers, have my entire life. I was that nerdy chick who had an Excel budget, like, you know, 20, probably maybe high school, I'm not sure. Um, And I've shared that with, with my network um, as needed. And so I've always geeked out over that. And it just became kind of like a a transition that wasn't um, something I was actually looking for. Um, I applied for a job. And honestly, it was a little bit, um, we'll just say shady, it it came across as a marketing position, and turns out it's life insurance. And the more I, I got into that, again, because I'd had that research that natural um, curiosity of, of, you know, looking at those health data points, um, you know, the correlation again being wealth. And so simply meaning the more zeros you have in an account, the healthier that outcome will be regardless gender, you know, et cetera. And so, um, yeah, that ended up not being uh, marketing, it ended up being life insurance. And I have just fallen in love with it. Um, again, that service to others just speaks to who I am.
0: I love that. It's so funny. You know, we all have our story where I started start some places and you said exactly. You said numbers, numbers, numbers. And again, not many people go for numbers. So <laughs> they usually push the avoid button when it comes to numbers. Right. But you saw something. You saw a trend in what numbers were showing for people and you show in the sense of health. And I don't think a lot of us are, are aware of that. Right. That, you know, your 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 wealth and health play a part with each other. Right. And so can you explain a little bit more about how they play hand in
1: hand? Yeah, and so again, just looking at any type of you know, evidence base, and, and there's, there's tons of data out there, um, and I, within my health and wellness career, so specifically with that master's in public health, I've spent the majority of that time on event management, program management, um, marketing, social media, et cetera, and so for example, one of the programs, I think my largest um, from memory, I had about 2,100 faculty and staff. I was at Vanderbilt for 12 years. So I I wasn't necessarily looking at it from this aspect as far as that wealth correlation, that was probably later on. Um, But yeah, just again, any data point you look at, it's very, very clear. Uh, Again, some of the biggest that stand out of that maternal health, um, and uh, life expectancy, and you could break it down, you know, within our country and outside our country, um, and then you can get into a whole nother conversation when it comes to universal healthcare, which you know we could talk about that for hours. But um, you know, the correlations there, and it's just fascinating. So for me, my personal mission, if you will, is just to put more financial literacy in front of everyone um, because it's it's concepts that affect us daily, and we're not told about them. Um, we're not taught as, as students in school from memory. Um, and you'd have to, I'd have to confirm this or you, one of us, but I, last time I checked, it's been about two years or so, but there was only nine states within the country that had, for example, a financial um, course within high school that was required, wow. right? So, so simple things, you know, how to budget, how to balance a checkbook, um, the rule of 72, all these things that affect us, you know, and, and definitely lifelong lessons, right? Compound interest. Um, is only taught, again, I'd have to confirm that, but within nine states. Um, and so that financial literacy piece is so very vital. Um, and you could go, again, you could go down and look at the cancer rates, the heart disease, um, et cetera. And there's just every, almost every item is gonna line up. And I, I go back through, you know, I don't have any memberships at the moment when it comes to like public health, but I always go back to like NIH for data, CDC for data, you know, all our big health and human services. And so they do an amazing job at that data collection. And so again, someone who geeks out over numbers, um, you know, loves to spend time doing that. And it's just, it's so readily available. So again, back to, you know, the mission for me, making sure that that financial literacy piece is, is put in, you know, in front of as many people as possible.
0: That is, it's so mind-boggling. You said nine states. So say even, even it doubled, right? Let's just say in two years that doubled. That's still not many, you know, schools and states that are providing this important piece, this life altering piece that you need every single day you said this is something we need to know every single day and so you're saying it's not in high schools do you know if it's you know i know like in college especially when i went to community college my first degree there was you know classes you had to take right is that one of the classes we have to take in college
1: or do you see that becoming something no, it's still not as far as like the prerequisites, not that I'm aware of, you know, and depending on your curriculum, like you probably did as well, I had accounting, right? But still like accounting so different from just your everyday basic financial literacy. Um, and so I haven't looked at, I've been approached, but I haven't looked at, you know, say for example, teaching for kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend um, and a team member within my upline and she does that. She'll hold it about uh, two different times throughout the year. And it's, I think a four week course and it's geared towards a certain age. Um, within her community um, and yeah for example I mean going off to college like you said community or of State or what have you um, you know the second day I felt like when I arrived I went away Southern Miss I'm from New Orleans um, so my undergrad uh, was at Southern Miss uh, although I transferred to University of New Orleans, so I didn't complete Southern Miss, but here's the thing, it's rambling. Second day, there was like all these credit card companies, right? They're literally just, oh, like yeah. yeah, they're like, here you go, Kimberly, and here's an incentive, and here's a gift card, you know, and I didn't know any better. So before you know it, and it's been a minute, um, so I don't remember specifics, but you know, I had X amount of debt as a freaking 17 year old on campus, right, I was putting myself through my degree, First in my my immediate family to attend school, but I didn't have those foundational you know skills. Um, and so you know when I help clients, and this is a little bit off track from what you asked, but when I help clients, for example, you know one client, healthy young uh, you know mid uh, I think late twenties excuse me woman, um, had never heard of the compound interest, the rule of seventy two. Here's the thing: when she came to me, she had nineteen credit cards. Now. Her debt wasn't enormous. I've worked with families who have had, you know, triple, not triple, 100% higher, but she uh, had about 11000 from memory in debt. But the amount of credit cards, all open, open, all revolving, not necessarily all being used, but 19. And she's, you know, again, like 26, 27 years old. Um, And just didn't know, like, didn't know how that affects the credit report. Didn't know, you know, her one of her immediate goals was a home purchase, right? You know, before I think her goal was before 30. And so looking at all that and being able to assist her in that financial literacy piece and just putting it on paper, right? Going back to Excel with geeking out on numbers. It's called debt stacking or debt snowball. And so visually she can see like X accounts, we could close because there's nothing on them. Um, and then, you know, depending on length of time and things like that, because it's going to affect that credit score. And then here's what it looks like if we pay just, you know, $25 extra per month. Um, how can we get some of this debt paid off.
0: Wow, that it's, I think so many people can really use it so many things there in the sense of, you know, when we first went to college there's people just lined up ready to sign you a credit card. But I mean, that's any store there too. You go shopping, want, oh. credit want a credit card, on a credit card, on a credit card, you know, anywhere you go, Amazon, they want you to sign up for a credit card, right? So it's everywhere. So it's kind of just in your face. And I think you know, I was talking to a, um, a person that helps with debt a couple of episodes ago, and they were also saying, you know, um, uh, you know, it's it's so common, right? So, so many people feel it's such a common thing that it's not talked about. Mm-hmm. But it's also just like, oh, well, everyone else has a credit card. I can have 19. It's not that big of a deal. You know. What I mean? And we don't, like you said, we don't know what it's doing to us because we weren't taught in high school. Hey, you're going to get this in high school. You're going to have in college. You are going to try signing sign you up for credit cards. If you want one, this is how you do it. This is the process. This is what you should look for,
1: you know, and we're just not taught that, you know. So it's, it's not taught in our school systems and it's not taught from our families and no disrespect but they just didn't know better. Right. And so I joke still to this day, my father's 70, uh, I think 78 um, and uh, he worked at a bank. He literally was like, you know, a customer service or banker. I'm not sure his title. It wasn't a good fit for him, um, but he literally cannot manage money to save his life. And we'll go back and forth now. You know, uh, you know, we went through a bankruptcy, we lost our home. I mean, I'm coming from that standpoint of why I'm, I'm so passionate is helping others is because I know what it's like to be, you know, in the reduced food, uh, reduced lunch line at, at my school and have my grandparents pay for my education and things like that. And here he was someone who literally should have had kind of more of that foundation, right? Because he was there throughout the system. Um, but he just, he didn't for multiple reasons, but then also the banking industry, I mean, that's, that can be a whole other topic, but, you know, they're taking our money and investing it in life insurance. It's reported um, annually, I, you know, I have that link, happy to share that with anyone, and so I always look at my personal banks, I have an online account and a local, they are literally taking and investing millions, if not billions and life insurance. And so it's the same option that's available for you and me. We don't utilize it because we don't know about it. And it's always geared towards these huge corporations, multi-billion dollar corporations. And then what they're doing, they're shelving out a whopping you know, uh, 0.3% interest for a point, I think the average for the country right now is 0.6. Um, But in turn, my car payment may be, you know, 9% interest to the bank. Um, My mortgage may be 4% or 2%. My credit card may be 18%. Obviously, you get the idea. Um, And it's so frustrating from that standpoint. So uh, was it, you know, intentional that my dad didn't pick up those concepts? Possibly, because that's, you know, kind of the banking uh, industry um but yeah we we still joke to this day because I'm like where did I get all this you know very frugal and very you know fiscally conservative because it didn't it didn't come from him (laughs) at all
0: I'm okay for the learning right like what I want in my life right no I think but I think you said that so many people can relate to your story in the sense of the hard times right and then not knowing what to do because like you said nothing against your parents in that sense they obviously didn't wake up saying okay let's have this you know financial non-civility. Right. But they just, you know, they, they weren't educated and they didn't know. And they're just kind of going with the flows, right. We're all just trying to do the best we can. And it's hard because there's so many things thrown at us. You know, there's so many um, so much information out there. And because we don't know it, we weren't taught it. Like I wouldn't know, let me Google compound interest. Let me, you know, it's not something I would know what to do. And so um, I want to ask you a couple of things. I want to talk about credit card debt one more time, but I want to get into life insurance in the sense of credit card debt, do you feel say I, all right? So somebody like me, thirties, you know, college debt, I have the car loan, the whole nine yards. Do you think the first thing someone should start with is credit card debt?
1: When you when you say the first thing, what do you mean, sir? In the sense of a uh, a debt stacking. You were talking about debt stacking earlier. Oh, yeah. So when I'm looking at the debt stacking, sorry, um, I'm looking at everything. So I'm doing a financial analysis. So it's literally like, what does Jessica's financial house look like on paper? Right. And it's, there's no comparison. It's all, all private. Um, but I'm looking at several things. So, yeah, the credit card debt's there, um, school loans, mortgage, you know, or renters uh, or, or renting an apartment. Um, all those things, you know, factor in, um, you know, uh, car, lease, et cetera. And so then, you know, looking at the financial assessment, and then we're going to look at not only, you know, here's the debt, and then we can have a discussion good versus bad debt, but then also here's what that discretionary funds look like. And, you know, if a person, you know, if you sat down with me and said, Hey, listen, like compound interest is amazing. I've been reading a lot about it. I've got all, those, all these skill sets about it. I want to put 500 a month away. Great. But if I look at your financial house again on paper and you only have, say, 200 a month, For discretionary funds, you know, from a fiduciary standpoint, and definitely integrity and honesty, um, that's not something I'm going to proceed with. So, um, yeah, the debt stacking, it's, it's not my focus, like, you know, I can refer out uh, within the industry, um, as you mentioned earlier, but the debt or credit repair and so forth credit resolution, but I'm just more so that education, because that's what I'm more passionate about. So here on paper, Jessica, this is what it looks like. These are the amount of debts you have the accounts this is what you're paying, let's go ahead and tweak this a little bit. Maybe instead of paying 300 this, this has the higher interest, let's go ahead and pay this down uh, first, things of that nature. But it's outlined, it's a very simple read, it's very organized, um, and it's literally just an Excel sheet. So it like you're kind of,
0: yeah, it sounds like you're just kind of bringing everything in the forefront. Because so I think you know, a lot of times, I mean, there's so many apps out there too to even prove it, that we have so many things automatically taken out of our bank account that we don't even know what's coming out anymore. We think we're paying attention, but we're not paying attention. So it feels like you're just bringing a lot of light to what we're spending money on, what we can do about it, and how we can kind of focus on our future. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, two of my favorites, depending on if the person tells me they're analytical like me, or they're just like, hey, I don't care, big picture. Yeah. So the analytical folks, um, I've been a fan of and have been using Credit Karma and then Mint.com. And oh, okay. uh, mint.com was turned on to me when I was looking at a home um, through the credit agency at uh, credit union, excuse me, at Vanderbilt, um, their director had, had turned me on to it. And I, I love it. Again, you geek out. It takes a while to set up. It's going to take you, you know, several hours to kind of merge and sync those accounts. But again, being able to visually see this is what the mortgage payment looks like. This is what I've paid over time. This is where the debts are. And then also it's keeping up with the, any type of issues with your credit. Um, so, you, you know, it's an option to get that free credit report annually through them as well, um, and then there's also simple things. Um, I'm not a real fan of Mr. Dave Ramsey. I know you know his name is, is out there quite a bit, um, but he has a, a very simple app. It's every dollar, and that's just something that's on your phone, and you can, you know, every time you go out to eat or pick up a craft beer or, you know, get gas, you just log it there, and uh, it's, it's a pretty simple, very intuitive uh, app.
0: Oh, awesome! I'm gonna write these down because I'd love to put them in the notes as well. Um, my other question: You mentioned life insurance. How does life insurance play in to with financial stability and financial future and stuff?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's two main ways. To, well two and and definitely legal ways to to build generational wealth, I'll just state. Um, And so, you know, when you think of generational wealth, real estate, absolutely love that concept. Um, I have a a client, he's an attorney, he's got 23 rentals. His goal is to get to 40 and step away from practicing, right? I mean, from his mental health stability uh, and his overall health, that would be greatly improved. Um, And then also the second one is life insurance. And again, that's, you know, the majority of us don't think of it that way um and and so for example if you don't hear about these options that are available because they're necessary they're typically geared towards that wealthy one percent top ten percent whatever term you want to use it's well documented Mr. Warren Buffett I am not the expert by any means you know gentlemen like mid-90s early 90s I guess at this point um you know top I forgot his ranking say fourth wealthiest in the world um his number one product and what he talks about most is IE Wells. That's an insurance product I'm able to sell, you know, thousands of us are able to sell, um, and so it's a product that's wrapped around life insurance and it's building out that generational wealth. He talks openly about it, he's connected, you know, several um, athletes, there's, there's tons of video because he's been very vocal about it for the last, you know, decade or two, um, and the products we're using while I can't, you know, it's building that compound interest, that tax-free income, while I can't, you know, project, project, project the future, excuse me, we're looking backwards, right? So we have all the data to go backwards. So some of it's going back to, like, mid-90s. And so if I'm looking at, you know, X returns, for example, it may be an 8%. I think my Transamerica, um, for the debt this last decade, it's right below 9%, for example. 9% interest you would have had versus, again, that bank shelling out, you know, a pretty much whopping zero. Um, and so it's a life insurance product um, that has many, many benefits, um, including long term care, long term care projections are pretty horrific to be transparent, um, health and human services etc all the big organizations that you know I refer to, it's one. Um, 65 year olds and above, they're going to, it's projected about 70 to 76% of all of us will need at some point. Now, it doesn't have to necessarily be a facility, right? It could be a senior center, an Alzheimer's care, uh, inpatient, etc. But long-term care, greatly needed. Today's average is about 30 months and around 6k a month now. 5 to 6k now can you be you know less uh you know more affordable absolutely can you cost you know have a private room things like that absolutely um but that's today in 2022 so imagine you know you're in your 30s i'm in my 40s imagine three four five decades out um it also has uh the benefit of living benefits which i absolutely love because the living benefits it's life insurance that you don't have to die to use and i know that sounds pretty you know, terrible to say, but that's literally, um, you know, heart attack, stroke, cancer, um, you know, car accident, depending on uh, the carrier, there's a a pretty definitive list of health uh, issues, if you will, 20, 15, what have you, uh, kidney disease, things of that nature. Um, And I need to tap into my uh, death benefit. Here's 25,000, here's 50,000, that's available. They're different tiers or different terms. A lot of it's called like critical illness, terminal illness, things of that nature. But it's living benefits that you, Jessica, me, Kimberly can tap into um, and it'll just reduce that death benefit. The death benefit piece, what I love about this product, it increases over time if we just, if we use it in that sense. So if I get you say a $100,000 policy today, you're paying in, say you wanna pay in just for 10 years, you walk away at 10 years, you're still protected for life and that death benefit's gonna roll and increase over time. Uh, Which is really awesome Um, and you know there's some different things we can uh, we can stop the increase of certain age, because then we're going to look at trying to maximize that long term care benefit things of that nature and then finally that. um, that Tax free, uh, which you know tends to be for client purposes, uh, a favorite so it's tax diversification Um, and there's you know literally not a lot of options when it comes to um, diversifying in that regard so it's getting to that tax free retirement status state of mind, if you will. It's already, the money's already been taxed, so it's not reported to the IRS um, for a second taxing. And so four, if not more, benefits under one plan, and they're all under, you know, the umbrella of life insurance. Pretty freaking amazing.
0: It's crazy. You know, there, I mean, there's, again, there's so many things that we've talked about today that can be a whole other episode with health. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that is just one because there was so much information in there, but you, you know, you keep going back to the health and wealth, health and wealth, health and wealth, right? So this is, that's exactly what you stand for and you're, you're really tying them both together. And I love it. So my other question would be, I'm listening. I'm thinking about my future, but I'm going, am I too old to get my life together? Is there an age where it's like, mm, no. Is
1: there, yeah, yeah, never too old in the sense of, you know, obviously time, right, that compound interest works best over time. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. a person investing even 50 bucks a month at 20 versus a person in their 40s at 50. Yeah, it's it's not going to be as pretty, as sexy, as appealing. Um, So what happens with my clients who may be a little older, for example, late 50s, early 60s. They're having to start more, you know, more robust. So the account starts at 500 versus 50 or 750. And then what I love to do is I, I first two to three years, it's at this dollar amount, again, based on their financial house. It's not something I just determined or based on, you know, what they tell me, because I want to make sure they can literally afford it. Right. Um, and then at year three or year four, I'm going to increase that because in theory, our income's going up. And then same thing, I'm going to increase it typically twice. So it's like a stair step. Again, we can start very small. I have children. I have um, a few that are right around 13 months, 11 months, things of that nature. Their parents are starting very low, 150, 50. And then again, at year three or four, they're going to increase that. Sometimes we double it. Sometimes we don't. Just depends. Uh, doubling works really well. Um, but yeah, it's you're never too late. You just would have to have a more financially you know, robust uh, start because you've missed that you know, time period. Right. And so um, what's nice about the carriers, what's nice about the different options within that one IUL that I mentioned, that life insurance product, there's so many different variations. It's very personal to you. So it's what's, you know, once we sit down, what are your goals? You know, if you're really focused, for example, I have a client, she was, uh, when we sat down, I think she was 58. From a financial, just one example, so it may make a little bit more sense. From a financial sense, Everything on paper looked amazing. She was actually employed through the state. Walked away from that career. Has a pension, you know, state pension at X percentage coming in. Unfortunately, widowed, um, so her pension from her husband is going to actually start first. Um, zero debt, zero mortgage, zero credit card. She keeps like want two accounts open. She pays a monthly, so zero credit card. Um, cars are paid off. You know. Um, a life insurance policy not great one daughter she's not like too worried right she's an, you know, an adult what have you um the policy for memory was about i think a hundred thousand the biggest thing missing jessica was long-term care she was worried you know hey i got one daughter not to say she's not going to take care of me but i'm not really sure you know a bunch of siblings but you know and i am widowed um you know what's going to happen so <clears throat> excuse me so to get that compound interest to benefit her um, she did have the stability things like that so it made sense so we did we started her at 500 a month um, and i am increasing that over time again because that income's going up she walked away from the state but she actually started a coaching business coaching business took off she ended up with a contract and i forgot the specifics and then the contract versus like three months well it turns out to be like she's already on like year two Um, And so again, that financial stability is there. Um, And it's in a sense like her second career, you know, at almost 60. Um, So yeah, we started at 500. Here's the thing, I'm always gonna go to bat for the client, for my small businesses, for my entrepreneurs. I don't care and I'm not being disrespectful, but my carriers, I can write for almost 150. Um, I don't care if you decide on a nationwide versus Trans-America versus Mutual Omaha Symmetra, I'm gonna present options. She loved the Nationwide product. Here's the thing. Nationwide came back and they denied her long-term care.
0: Wow!
1: So as you know, the biggest, uh, you know, factors when it comes to life insurance with only three, actually, uh, well, two, your age, so date of birth, your age, and then your health. Okay. And for insurance purposes, because the underwriting, it's very, very black and white. And that could be very frustrating for individuals like me who are, you know, logic-based. They came back for this client. They denied it, and here's the thing: her uh, paramed. So, it, depending on the carrier, we'll have to do a free exam, things like that. Just a quick like cholesterol reading, your analysis, you know, BP, things of that nature. Very healthy BMI. Only one medication. Very, you know, hereditary hypertension. Um, her measurements all looked good for the exam for the paramed exam. Um, medical records looked fine. They gave her a very strong reading. Life insurance gives you different tiers. Um, uh plus premium plus standard plus smoking non-smoking things of that nature i always give my clients you're you're smoking great you're standard smoking you don't standard non-smoking and it's up to the underwriters to come back they came back at a higher rating meaning she's going to have a better death benefit better return for that same premium Excellent, love that but they denied her freaking long-term care so of course i present it and i'm like gutted because i'm like man in the back of my hand this is literally what she needs Um, And she's like, I just, this doesn't make sense. You know, I love everything. I love the tax-free income I've got coming in, things of that nature. It wasn't really something I needed. I've got the death benefit already. I really need that long-term care. I went back and forth. I went to my case manager. I went above the case manager to our sales and regional manager. Everyone, same thing. Nope, nope, nope. And I said, with all due respect, my client not on any medication, you know, it just, it's not a, from a logical standpoint, made no sense to me, right, yeah. so I finally called back, and I said, let me speak to the underwriter, you know, and there's different managers, and I spoke to a manager, and I spelled everything out, hey, listen, you guys came back at a higher rating, which is excellent, unusual for a woman at 58, um, so I appreciate that, zero medication, um, zero surgery, zero PT, you know, they saw st- Things uh, in her chart about risk, like degenerative changes for risk. And mm-hmm. I said, with all due respect, sir, I'm in my 40s. I have degenerative changes in my back. Women, specifically, the hormonal difference between male and female, you're going to have that like, you know, 90, whatever percent. And, and no disrespect, but underwriters, they may have an undergraduate degree, may not, but they're going against a physician and that's what's so inferior to me because you know a physician whether it's a you know specialist or what have you they may do a fellowship you know late 20s early 30s they put all this time and energy into schooling and then here's someone within an office who's like literally black and white so what they saw they denied i said can we do this can i get her physician to sign off literally provide you know hey X client looks great no concerns on my end yeah we'll see what we can do get me a letter and when i say letter Uh, We were both very frantic. The physician, you know, she called her, explained everything. We signed off the HIPAA forms. She sent back like three, maybe four sentences. And I'm like, shit, this is never, you know, this is never going to work. Like we needed for, you know, not a dissertation, but we needed something to justify, you know, my argument. They bought it. Under my two, my two underline, my two upline, excuse me, both uh, two within my my upline came back and said we've never seen a reversal on a decision for long term care or any real decisions because yeah. again it's so black and white for them that once they say you know we can't approve it it's denied it's denied wow. so you know talk about you know a testimonial again to what I do and what I'm putting you know for my for my clients and I went back and of course she's like this is amazing this is the one thing I wanted she loves it she's you know sent me clients as a result and yeah absolutely absolutely amazing.
0: Wow. And I think, you know, just to summarize everything you just said, and this is also why I wanted you on here. Right. So obviously full of knowledge. You have so much knowledge, you know, you're in and out, right. And that's what people want when they come to you, they're scared, they're nervous, they're unaware of what's going on. So they want to come to you because you have what you have, but you also, you know, you talked about how you advocate it, right. You went that extra mile. It could have just been like you keep saying that black and white, where you could have just been, Nope, not going to do anything. Don't care. You know, sorry, next move on, try something else but you said, okay, let me see what's going on. You made that extra step. And like you said, she appreciated it because it's scary that extra long-term care and whether you have it or not, it's scary, right? So having protection is scary. And so you, like you said, you went and did that. So after hearing this story and someone's goes, all right, I already fell in love with Kimberly earlier. Now I'm even more in love with her and I need to connect with her. What is the best way someone can connect with you?
1: Yeah. I mean, text is fine. I do it link tree. Um, and so that pretty much has, you know, details about my calendar, but it's Link Tree slash K Traumatur. Um, I think they spell a little bit different though. It's L-I-N-K-T-R and then period E-E slash K and then my last name Traumatur. Um, and I know Jessica's gonna, you know, have all the information spelled out, but uh, you know, it's kind of a one-stop shop, if you will, for my uh, connections. Perfect.
0: No, it's great. Yeah. I always like, the, you know, you, we were talking before we got on, you know, there's so many ways to connect with people. So I always want to know what's the best way. What's that one way we can just straight shoot it. So LinkedIn tree, like you said, though, it'll be in the podcast now, or wherever you found this episode on social media, my website, all our contact information is provided there, including the link tree um, link. But before I let you go, I warned you about my lightning round. <laughs> Are you ready? Absolutely. Okay. So the first one is if you
1: had a boat, what name would be on the side of your boat? The boat and boats are female. So probably bad bitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just love my favorite is like the reaction to questions. And you're just like,
0: I already know that one. Next, that was easy. <laughs>
1: We'd probably have to make sure it's not trademarked with uh, like Lizzo or something. But never right.
0: <laughs> oh, I love Lizzo.
1: Me too. And I got to see her. I got to jam out. I the rhyme. It's one of my top, top performances ever at the Ryman just to have that yeah oh my god that is the coolest thing ever well we
0: just learned something else about you in our lightning round two (laughs) two for the price of one question right what is I hate the word useless but it's like like the word I could think of right away what is your useless talent what is your talent that you have but doesn't it's
1: not bringing you any income (laughs) um useless talent Wow. I I mean I've always said I've been blessed and grateful you people walk around with no sense of humor right a chip on their shoulder or whatever I am so sarcastic and just naturally gifted um and not to toot my own horn but yeah that's you know humor just does so much for for ourselves and you know there's all these stats out there about how many smiles you should have a day and um I, I've had people especially even like bosses that just didn't get it right because they were just opposite and so I guess if you'd say my useless t- talent talent because it brings me no money here's the thing I've lost count on how many people told me I should take my show on the road <laughs> and I'm like there's no way like to get up and I idolize Joan Rivers I mean if you ever go back like her documentary was one of the top movies I mean I was like almost on the floor in the theater the entire time but um to have someone you know or Betty White those those amazing, amazing legends. And then me, who's just simple and sarcastic. There's no comparison, but I I do appreciate when people say that. So.
0: Oh, I love that. That's That's good. But like you said, it's an important quality to have or talent to have. And, but, um, yeah, not really getting paid for it. No, I love that though. I love being sarcastic myself. That's great. Um, last question. If you could have a superpower, any superpower, superpower, what
1: would it be? Superpower, um, oh. probably to go back in time, oh. kind of be uh, like, I, yeah, just visit with grandparents or to meet people I, you know, didn't get to meet or um, to see, I'm a big kind of history buff too, which was inherited from my father and, you know, to see some of that, like, you know, been blessed to travel. So um, fortunately, I think it's up to like 12 or 13 countries, but for example, Greece, I mean, to see where like, you know, our first Olympics, you know, because the Olympics are held down to see that in Athens I mean just but to you know to be in person in that sense yeah to to travel back seems kind of cool
0: oh wow that's so cool I get as I asked this is one of the common questions I do ask and I get flying a lot and things like that but that one that's a good one that's pretty darn cool going back in time Kimberly, I'm so excited that you took the time out and to come on here and really, you know, simplify, you know, finances, like you said before, it is a stressful conversation, but I think the biggest thing that you're telling us to take away is become aware and just educate yourself. You know, there's so much information out there. Talk to somebody, um, people are out there to help and hopefully they come and talk to you because you obviously know your stuff. So you are amazing. I just,
1: again, thank you so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Hello, and thank you to listening to Stress Less with me, Jess. Please subscribe so you can get upcoming episodes every other Tuesday, or leave a review. I would love to hear your thoughts and feelings about today's episode or any other episode you have listened to. If you need more resources or wondering how I can help you with my individual coaching or my workshops, please visit me at journeytoyourself.net. Have a fabulous
1: day.